Welcome to Learn Something New Every Day. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are proud to present a new podcast each week that focuses on the people, programs, projects, and activities here in the district. This show is produced by my dedicated student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy, also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Danica Palmershine, Raymond Maurice, and Cynthia Alburas, and Cynthia's on the board today. Hello. Hello. How you doing? Good. How are you? It's getting close. Oh, yeah. It's getting close. <laughs> We're going to have our interns on. Um, the show will air during the summer, but we will record it before they take off to college. I'm so sad. These are, I've been doing this podcast for, this is either the eighth or the ninth year. We have not missed a show in all of that time. Even during COVID, we record on Zoom when we have to, realized we could do that. And I could not do this job without the interns because I show up and talk. That's the easy part. And they do all of the rest. And they, they record, they edit, they put music, they upload. And I don't know how to do it at all. And thankfully, I don't have to learn because I have interns every year. But I have to say... By far, this team has been the best. And I don't say that every year because a lot of times I have to say, where is it? Please post. Why isn't it in? And I have never had to say that to this group. They've been just incredible. Show up on time. Never have to look for them. The shows are in and I can't say enough. So, you know, if you ever need those letters, I don't know. I think I haven't given you a letter. Hit me up. Because I'll be giving you a letter for whatever you need from now to eternity. So, anyway, I am very pleased to welcome back our coordinator, coordinator of English Language Learner Program, Robin Hinchliffe. Welcome back. Thank you. Hi, Joan. Hi, hey, Cynthia. Hi. Yeah, Robin and Cynthia know each other. We'll talk about that in a little bit. That's that was a that was a surprise. Uh, that mm-hmm. was that was really nice. So, Robin, for those who do, are, do not know you, how long have you been with the district and in what capacity? So, um, just a little, well, no, I think this is my 10th year, like wow. have fully completed a 10th year at Palm Springs Unified School District. Um, so I started off as a teacher. I did start at um, the Alternative Center. So I worked for MSJ and I taught English there. And then I worked at Rancho Mirage High School for seven and a half years. And now I'm a little over a year in like three months uh, at the district office as the coordinator of English learner programs. So give us an overview of what what does your job entail? What do you do? Essentially, we oversee all of the instructional programs that involve English learner students. So we make sure that they are receiving integrated and designated ELD. We also review and work together with our incredible PSUSD staff to provide that professional development so that we are continuously improving and we're just giving them high quality integrated and designated ELD. In addition to that, I oversee all site ELACs and host the DLAC, which is the District English Learner Advisory Committee, so a bit of parent involvement there. And we also host supplemental um, camps, uh, supplemental interventions, uh, which would be under our Title Three. So 
seeing what else can we do, what more can we do so that we could give students the help and support that they need to reclassify. So let's, uh, let's start at the bottom because um, you're well-versed in what you're talking about and the listeners may not be. So who are English learners? Like define who they are. So our English learner students, they're initially identified when they enroll into a California or U.S. school. And in our enrollment packet, we have a home language survey. So this is standardized across the state of California. And in that home language survey, families respond to what language is their student or their child's primary language. So if there is a language indicated on that home language survey that is other than English, then we will go ahead and put as a in our system as like someone who may need to have an LPAC assessment. And so we'll, we'll do an assessment of that student and through that assessment, we'll either identify if they are initially fluent in the English language and they're proficient, or if they are an English learner and they're still developing their language acquisition. Mm-hmm. So once that is done, which is done within the first 30 days of enrollment, we let the families know this is how your your uh, child scored, and we place them into an instructional program, a language instructional program. The instructional program that we use at in our school district is Structured English Immersion, but we also have our DI program, our Dual Immersion program. So those are the options that we really provide for our families, and we say, okay, how do you want your child to learn language? through structured English immersion or through dual immersion? So structured English immersion, essentially, they're in the same classes as everybody else, but they're getting extra support. Correct. And so when they're in structured English immersion, they are with all other students. So sometimes they think, or, or families or anyone may may think like, oh, well, I don't want them taking different classes. Right. They're not. Okay. It's just a matter of the service we provide. Mm-hmm. So if... We place a student, an English learner student in structured English immersion, their teachers are equipped to provide integrated ELD or designated ELD. So, and I know like technical terms, but basically integrated ELD is when teachers implement strategies that support language learners. It could be like comprehension strategies, reading, writing, listening, and speaking strategies that really help them break down the language and make instruction and content accessible. And for the designated ELD part, it's explicitly learning language, learning how language functions. And I'm super passionate about it because I love, I love learning language. And it just makes me so excited to see are English learners like acquiring the English language and it's such a complex language so understandably it takes a while Mm -hmm. Um, but we're you know continuously working on improving that service of integrated and designated ELD so we could be the best. So how many English learners do we have in the district percentage-wise and or numbers? Mm -hmm. So percentage-wise about 29.8 percent last time I checked it fluctuates throughout yeah. the year, of course. Uh, at the beginning of the school year, we started off with six, a little north of 6,200 students as English learners. Uh, I d- 
did reclassify a whole bunch of students this year, which is yay, so amazing. And uh, we can talk a little bit about what that yeah. means, of course. Um, and then as students are coming or enrolling into our school district, those numbers will fluctuate right. as well. So post reclassification, uh, we are at, oh, I'm going to have to, I know we're, we, we dropped from 6,200 to like 5,700 wow. now. So, so uh, you reclassified over 500 kids. Yes, that's correct. So we reclassified, uh, I'm guessing right now, but it's about 530 students, maybe a little north of that. And we got to celebrate them on April 22nd at our reclassification ceremony. So we had like 215 English learn or now reclassified students from grades K through five. And then the rest are 300 and some were from our secondary sites. Wow. We saw some nice peaks in the middle school. Um, we have some really good numbers in the high school as well. So really pushing on that, like, let's get you reclassified. Let's exit you from English learner status if you're ready. So is there a typical amount of time that this takes? I mean, I know it probably depends on where they are and when they start. Correct. So in an ideal, perfect world, if everything was streamlined yeah. and everything went according to plan. The, the research says that you could learn a language in six or more years. So year six, year seven, you can acquire a language. However, we're complex um, right. and we are working with teenagers and kids and, and people going through a whole lot. So sometimes we are that that process of acquiring a language is so much more than oh you're just going to learn english it not only are you learning english you're learning how to use english in a computer how to use english academically how to write for different genres or for different audiences so there's so many components and that is just the academic piece the production piece you also have to deal with social emotional pieces yeah. um family support are you getting enough support at school mm -hmm. are you do you have time to dedicate to your language development are you busy like what's right. going on so that's you know that that really gives us a better understanding of of like the long-term english learners which would be our students who have been in our el program more than six years so within our 50 something hundred uh, students, we do have about 2,000, a little north of 2,000 students that are our long-term English learners. So that means that they've been with us in this EL program for six years or more. And it's really interesting to take a deeper dive and like dig a little bit and be like, okay, why? why? Mm -hmm. Right. And so we've been doing a lot of that work this, this past school year, um, working very closely with our counselors on special assignment at the high schools having them do one-on-ones with long-term English learners? Is it a motivational factor? Is it really like they're struggling with comprehension? Can we refer them to some before or after school intervention or tutoring pieces? So we've been doing a lot of that what this have school you year. Found? Well, All of that, right? okay, so we did start um, a little like LTEL intervention um, 
one at Palm Springs High School for sure. And I, I, this is off the top of my head. So I just remember because we had 10 students that one of our teachers worked with and she met with those 10 LTEL students. And really she found like they need some additional vocabulary development and just some strategies to comprehend specifically in reading. And we saw that 50% of those students that attended their star reading scores went up. So yay, like we wanna see that kind of incrementation. I also found a couple of like singletons here and there that it was really just a switch. Let's turn it on. Like, okay, I'm going to perform today. I'm going to, I'm going to produce the language at the level that I know that I can. And, uh, right. It could be, it could be. Um, but like we had one student, she met with the COSA, uh, with our counselor on special Uh assignment. And after that meeting there, their scores went up Wow. and, and it's those relationships. It's the relationships. Like once the student realized this person cares, this person cares that I do well, they did well. Well, and I would imagine, and I'm just supposing here, and you're going to say yay or nay to this, but if Spanish is spoken at home because their parents don't speak English, and yes, their parents want them to learn English, but they're not necessarily that invested in helping them do that, just kind of like that's what you do at school, and when we're at home, we speak Spanish. It's got to be challenging. Oh, for sure. You know, and and I would I would imagine that 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 happens a lot. And it's not the I'm not blaming parents. I it's what their capacity is, and you know they think they're doing the right thing, but it just creates another challenge for the student. That's because where is the motivation? So then you have somebody at their school site or you know in your department that takes them under their wing a little bit more, pays some extra attention, and all of a sudden there is motivation. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, and that's that's true for a lot of our families. Absolutely. Uh, when yeah. we call home, like parents will let me know I only speak Spanish or I only speak a, another language, and so we'll do our best to make sure that we have translation and we are able to communicate so that they understand what's going on. Um, and and how to help their student. So in addition to the supports that are being provided on a regular basis with the with the COSAs and and um, and other people in your department, you also do throughout the school year. You have different programs. You have things that go on during intersessions. You have things that go on during the summer. And um, I want to talk about that, but before. Um, we do that. I don't want to lose about reclassification because that's a big deal. I've been to the ceremonies before. We just had one in the last week or so. What's that like? So the process for reclassification is number one, they have to get that level four proficiency on LPAC. So that's the highest level. It's like, ooh, you got an A. Um, and then our second criteria piece is our star reading benchmark. So we basically compare our English learner performance to the average of students who are identified as English only in their grade level. And so if they are at or above that average, 
they are able to move on to the third step, which is our third criteria point is teacher evaluation. So we ask for teacher input. And then finally, our fourth step would be parent consultation. So after we've gone through all those four steps, we're able to reclassify as flu fluent English proficient. And as you mentioned, like we get to celebrate them and it's so exciting because some of our kids, and I'm thinking specifically of secondary, like some of them have been with us since kindergarten. They've been taking the LPAC since, or the CELT, if they've had, you know, before 2017, but they've been taking the LPAC year after year after year. And it can be frustrating because you're like, ah, I already passed this. Or like, I'm so close. And just to get to that point and to have them work hard toward that achievement or toward that goal of reclassifying is so exciting. And I like tell the parents, I'm like, take lots of pictures of your kids. Like it's, it's such an amazing accomplishment because the LPAC is really about academic English. When they test, they're testing on like scientific content. Uh, they listen to academic presentations. They're testing uh, on social studies content. It's not like, tell me what this is. Like, it's not just words. It's about using the English language in an academic setting. So it's, it's really exciting. And so you have two ceremonies, like one in mm -hmm. Hot Springs and one in... Well, right? This, this year we had it at Palm Springs High School at the Richard Center for oh, the Arts. Okay. And we do two ceremonies, one in the morning for our K through five, and gotcha. then one in the afternoon. Um, so it was at 9.30 in the morning for our elementary, and then our 1.30 uh, ceremony was for our secondary students. Awesome. So um, let's talk a little bit about the extra programs and there's a lot of them and let's start with whatever Cynthia helped you with oh yeah there was something what was that okay yeah so you know as soon as I saw Cynthia I'm like I know you um <laughs> she's I, she was actually one of our presenters at our it's a collaboration and that's kind of been a mission of mine like let's collaborate mm -hmm. within our departments right so I work together with our coordinator of CTE Miss Kalista Combs and I said, let's do something together to help prepare our middle school students for high school and just really target some of our students that maybe they need to find a passion. Maybe that's maybe that's what it is that they need, right? So um, we held four assemblies or four um, meetings with parents of English learners and we invited our newcomer English learners and we invited our dually identified English learners. So that's our students who are, um, are English learners and they also have an IEP. And we hosted this event, it's called The Future Looks Bright. And we're able to invite families to have dinner with us, have a family dinner. And then our wonderful kiddos over here presented on their academies we had so much information and questions about what they could do once they get to high school. So we, motivation, right? Like look about. at all of these opportunities. Uh, we also had a counselor presentation. So that was always piques the interest of families because they're like, whoa, what do you have to do to graduate and yeah. credits and all A through G. So we had that opportunity, uh, for four times this school year. And we, at each of those meetings, we highlighted academies uh, or CTEs 
within uh, different school sites, our four comprehensive high schools. So let me guess, Cynthia, you spoke about data? Yeah, I spoke about data, and I really, I just kind of gave them a broad image of how, what it is and what we do in there. So how was it? Fun? It was fun, it was fun. I did it with um, my friend who's also in Skills USA, Marisol. Uh-huh. Yeah, and she spoke in Spanish. Her so that everyone could understand. And speaking of Skills USA, did you part? Did you compete this year? Yeah, I did. How'd you do? I made it to the uh, Danica and I made it to fourth place. Oh yeah! Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. So you so that means you go on to state, right? I'm not sure. That's kind of um, pending still because there's okay. like some complications. Oh, all right. Well, and actually, state happened already as we're saying this, but we're recording before that, so we'll yeah. give you a report later. Mm -hmm. But congratulations. Thank you. That's great. Cynthia is a superstar. She was amazing when she I presented. Have no, I have no doubt. She's one of my interns. Yeah. Wonderful. Amazing, amazing. All right. So other programs. Okay. So other programs. Before school year started, we did have a reading program for our English learners in the elementary. So after summer school. And then uh, we also had a um in july we had a, an eighth grade incoming freshman uh camp mm -hmm. um and i called it new school who dis and which you know everybody laughed at me but i'm like it's cool it's right. like all right i'm going to high school now uh so that was really great too so we were able to kind of foster that interest and say okay you're gonna go to high school and you're gonna get to do all of these different um, activities and engage in all these different things. So that was really wonderful because a lot of our incoming freshmen before they got to high school, just you know, a couple of weeks before, they got to take a class with a teacher who could possibly be their teacher in that high school. So we did that. We also partnered with our expanded learning opportunities to host intercessions. So we had a winter intercession and uh, we made sure that within all of the invitation we had a nice percentage of english learner students attending and we made personalized phone calls to some of our families and say we really want your child to come and they they um, engaged in integrated and designated eld there they got to do vr drones art and at the end, we took them to the hockey game on a Saturday. That was an experience for I sure. I saw the pictures. That was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like 400 kids at the hockey game. Yeah, Very it was cool. super fun. And then we also held another intercession during springtime. So again, partnering with Expanded Learning so that we could get as many kids involved as possible. And we had them um, attend a field trip at one of our local farms here in the Coachella Valley. So that was so awesome because kids got to get on the farm, see how things are harvested. And they also got to eat, uh, one of the foods that were prepared by our local farm farmers. So that was really cool. And, um, in addition to that, we also hosted, EL prep camps the entire month of January. Wow. So every Saturday in January, we invited our fifth through eighth grade LTELs or RLTELs, um, which are like are at risk of becoming long-term English learners. So they're close to that six year mark. And then our long-term English learners, uh, we hosted a Saturday camp. One was at Nellie Kaufman, and then the other two weekends, it was at Desert Springs Middle School. We had busing, we had breakfast and lunch, 
and they did activities that would help prepare them for the LPOC and just overall language development. And um, so far, that's that's the majority of what we've been doing this school year. Uh, tell what's the definition of a newcomer? Okay, so a newcomer is someone that is new to the country or is new to our school district, and it is the way that the state defines it. It's anyone that is has been in the U.S. from zero to three years. Okay. So that would be a newcomer. So we have newcomers everywhere. Um, yeah. But it's it's interesting when you look at like kinder first and second because technically they're all newcomers. Exactly. Um, yeah. But sometimes it's just depending on where they were born. Right. Well, so they're they may be newcomers um, to not only the language but the United States. Correct. So it's geographic too. Yeah. So one other thing that like must be a challenge because the majority of our English learners are uh, their native language is Spanish but what about I'm sure we have other I, at one time I asked you and I was flogged to find out that there was like 30 languages yeah we have quite a bit of languages um, I'm 95% are Spanish right. uh, so it's that other little percentage right and it even breaks down into like point zero one because we have Vietnamese speaking students we have Mandarin speaking students Tagalog Ilocano um, I would What's say it, Ilocano is um, another language that is spoken in the Philippines okay. so it's similar to the Tagalog language um, but students so what do you do to help that we can't go through all the languages yeah but no. what what do you do to help those students so um it really comes back to best practice a lot of a lot of the languages that people um well i will say languages that are that use the alphabet we can often find cognates that really help students comprehend and like break down okay this is what they're saying but a lot of best practices within those integrated ELD strategies, like using images, we can use translation. It's wonderful that we're all we're a one-to-one -one, uh, device to student district because they have that access to translate. So we have those other resources which are helpful. But when it comes down to learning, it's all about the strategies that are being put in place and leveraging what students already know. And that's, that's really like the, the mind shift yeah. that when they come to you, when a newcomer enters your program, it's not, oh man, they don't know any English. It's no, they already speak a whole other language. They're going to learn a second language with you. So really leveraging the, that you know as an asset. That's <laughs> you putting it that way. What, what a difference, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's almost like the butt and end. Like, have you heard that before? Our last superintendent, Dr. Lyons, the biggest thing she taught me was when you use the word end instead of butt, it changes everything. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because people don't hear what you, they don't hear what you said in the second half of the sentence. So right. if you say butt, that's only, they didn't hear the positive part unless it's an end. Yeah. You know, I hear you. And this is my opinion, and then they'll hear your opinion. But if you say but, it just 
it puts a negative connotation in your mm-hmm. head. And this is the same thing. Right. What you just said is is powerful. And if you look at it that way, it changes everything. Correct. And and you know, you see it time and time again within, you know, we didn't talk about dual immersion, but Mark Arnold is was on a couple of weeks ago and <clears throat> he did talk about dual immersion because we have an amazing program at Vista Del Monte. And those are Spanish speaking kids and English speaking kids learning both languages at that the is same correct. time. Yeah. And especially when you start them in kindergarten, which is when this program starts, transitional kindergarten, kindergarten, they can they can learn two languages Absolutely. at the same time and they're fluent. Like I saw fourth graders last year that the teacher was just rattling off Spanish, like and they're having full-on conversations. And I said to the principal, well, these kids speak Spanish at home. And she said, the majority of them do not. Correct. She said, these are English speakers. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's I amazing. I wish I had a program like that. Because I minored, I told you this before, I minored in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I understand pretty well. I can't speak. Oh, this, we need a practice, Joan. No, nobody, <laughs> nobody forced it on me, you know? So I, I didn't live it. And you got to live it. And yeah. that's how you become fluent. Absolutely. And my brother, on the other hand, he he had uh, started a business, had a, a Mexican cook. They vowed from the first day, you don't speak English, uh, you don't speak Spanish to me, I don't speak English to you. Sounds and like my house, like months, my parents' house. They both were bilingual. Yeah. I wish we had more time. We do not. You're awesome. Thank you for everything Thank that you, you do. Thank you, Joan. We'll have you back again in the fall. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it. All Thanks right. For, See you later, Cynthia. Thanks for Bye. joining us. Thanks. You learn something new every day. A new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Danica Raymond, and of course, Miss Cynthia, and we'll see you next week.